Previously on Planet Arcana. With Riot disguised as the intimidating Jim Ternational, and Garbazine disguised as a dirtier Garbazine, the party arrives within the Midmaw city limits, where they learn through their pips that, after their departure from the Solmazade estate, Harley High Stakes escalated events into a full-blown hostage situation. Crater Wayne trades on old contacts in hopes of discovering a clue as to Scavenge's whereabouts, and the party learns that Scavenge returned to town and aims to acquire a mysterious and rushed body mod from some unscrupulous doctor. At the Midmoss Grand Cog Library, the party heeds the Moon Arcana's message to seek me out by my number. Searching Stack 18, they find an academic paper summarizing the supposed connection between the PIP and the digital and dream networks. Could this shed some light on the bizarre PIP messages they've been experiencing? In the library, Crater's warm reunion with his oldest and dearest friend Pacemaker turns chilly when Pacemaker reveals his long-held secret, that he was the physician who operated on Crater, stealing his limbic sensor, a family heirloom. And now, the fallout. I can hear you. I am listening. Coming from all across the Fifth Collide. Oh, how I miss you, my dearest darling. I miss the clockwork. The neon. The networks. Oh, these metropolises. These, these verdant and desolate biomes. Oh, the fun and games we have planned. But always with the the promise that we are on a blinding path of success. You will be tried. You will be compromised. I repeat, we've been compromised. But do not despair. You will see the world. You will know planet Arcana. You will find all it takes is a friend. All it takes is perseverance. All it takes is a little sweat. All it takes is a key. Time starts to bleed together the longer you live. You start to forget the details and remember only the broad strokes. But even then, there are moments so rich with potential, overflowing with branching paths and overlapping truths, that they are impossible not to remember. You will always remember the smell of the books, the absolute silence of the library, and the rapidly beating vein in Pacemaker's throat as he tells you, I was given an impossible choice, Crater, to let an untested surgeon operate on you, or to do it myself. I think Crater just takes a moment and is just staring Pacemaker right in the eyes. Doesn't really say anything. Crater. Without saying a word, uh, I think you see Crater's eyes go red. Oh, God. And he's going to jump into a rage. Oh, oh God, Crater. And then I pick up my foot and I boot him right in the chest. (laughs) So like lands against a stack of books and just like things come tumbling down. He holds up his hands to you and he's just like, you deserve this anger. But if you let me live, I can help make it better. I want to jump to Celestine and Riot who are walking away with a book off to 
procure a library card for Celestine. <laughs> um, yes. So as you're walking away, you suddenly hear a huge crash um, from behind you in the stacks. What do you do? Uh, whip around. Mm-hmm. And I'll say to Celestine, what was that, do you think? Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's It sounded loud. Uh, should we investigate? And Celestine is clutching the book very tightly. He doesn't want to drop the book. <laughs> uh, crater's back there. I say we Do you, head that direction. Okay, all right. Pocket the book. <laughs> he tucks it inside his blouse. Yeah, it is It is quite a large book, too, because it's, like, it's more of a paper than a book. So it's like a big square protruding out of your blouse. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, <laughs> totally love it. inconspicuous. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, as you go back to investigate, Norton Ali, mm-hmm. your character also hears a crash from where you last knew that Pacemaker was going to wait. What do you do? I run off in that direction. Excellent. All at the same time, Celestine and Riot, you arrive to the scene. Crater, eyes red, is standing, trembling, uh, facing Pacemaker, who is backed up against a stack. There's a few books that have fallen at his feet, and it looks like he's been backed into a stack very forcefully. Uh, Nordnelli, your character also arrives to the same scene, but you see two people that look sort of just about as stunned as maybe you feel. There's one... Actually... Why don't I let the players <laughs> describe their characters? All right. So Celestine is a is a Gears android, so very um, mechanical kind of looking android. He's dressed in in kind of like cowboy adjacent garb. He's got a leather vest on um, and and leather chaps over his jeans, and he's got um, a belt with empty gun holsters. Although one of the gun holsters has a has a dwindling stack of wheat. Chewing wheat. Uh, he typically wears a cowboy hat, but that hat is on Riot's character right now. <laughs> the shirt underneath the vest is like a floral blouse of blue and purples and greens that he got from Ma. Riot typically is a super hot, modded human with purple hair and a gun for an arm. Uh, but seeing as there are some issues with uh, being recognized in disasteroid territory, up here. Uh, I have in the last episode uh, cast Disguise Self and have become uh, Jim Ternational, who <laughs> is a foot taller wearing Celestine's hat, big broad shoulders with a giant kind of rugged fur trimmed coat, black hair and a mustache, a tattoo under his eye with four strikes and a fifth strike through them, permanent scowl on his face uh, and few words. <laughs> but a lot of presence. <laughs> Standing in front of Pacemaker, uh, you see Crater, who's this seven foot six giant steam android. He looks definitely like an older model. He's rusted in certain places, and he's definitely got some scuff marks all across his body just from wear and tear of being on this planet for over 50 years. By looking at him right now, you can see that his eyes are very red, and you can probably reach the conclusion that this boy is very angry at this moment. Beautiful. You see a figure breach the corner of this library row as well. You see a six-foot-tall man, about the same age as Pacemaker, actually. He's got a tight vest on that's made of a quilted material, pale in color, with no shirt, and trousers uh, with tons of pockets in it, pushed into really tall, really armored boots. Nice. Yeah, there's bracelets uh, on his arms. His hair is uh, adorned with some little hair ornaments, but all braided back into one long braid that goes down to his waist. 
and his eyes are crinkled in maybe anger or maybe just determination. They're bright, bright blue in color. His skin is a, a warm, dark uh, color. It looks like it's been tanned a couple too many times. If you don't mind, I'm going to walk right up to Crater. Get your hands off him. Um, excuse me, fella. I think you need to get your hands off him. No, 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 no. Everybody, everybody. There is no need for any of this. Mon cher, Flopundanesh, please, please. It's a tense moment right now. Perhaps we can all take a moment and calm down. We? Oui? Sorry, pacemaker. You're, you're telling me to calm down at this moment. If he's not, I am. Who who are you exactly? This isn't your fight. I look pacemaker in the eyes. Is this my fight? Well, I was hoping it could be all of our fight together. Well then, I take one step back, but I don't let go of Crater. I'm less threatening, definitely. The muscles are less tense, especially in his arms. Now, Crater, Crater, I want to make this right. Okay, perhaps, perhaps we can go somewhere and I can answer your questions. I believe that my darling snowshoe may be of help to us as well. You told me a lot about you. Who the hell are you? Why, why are you involved in this moment here? You're attacking my partner. I think Pacemaker just kind of like, even though things are tense, he's just, he does a little like hand over the mouth, like blushy blush, like. <laughs> <laughs> you see, this is someone I, I've been very much looking forward to introduce you to, Crater, and, and vice versa. I, uh, well, Snowshoe knows what I have done, and he has certain insight into, well, let's just say perhaps he could help give you an edge in what's coming next. Well, okay, I think I'd turn to Snowshoe at this point. If, if, you've, if you know what he's done, how can you be with him? How can you trust somebody like that? The dangers of age means that you make a lot of mistakes. Oui, oui. I do not blame him for his past. <laughs> I think he tears up a little bit. And if you're willing to put that aside, I will not blame you for attacking him. Crater, why did you attack him? I care to fill us in on this. He's the one who did this to me. Did what, buddy? That night that I was that I was taken, I had a piece ripped from me. Oh my stars. I come to find out my best friend is the one that did that to me. Oh my oh god. I, it's true. All right, but, Crater, you say the word and we will take him down right now, whatever you need. Let me posit you this. I will accept any consequence and punishment that you wish to give me, Crater, but it no longer only affects the both of us. Once we have taken care of this problem, I will accept any consequence. Yeah, my fingers get tight on Crater's shoulder. What do you mean by take care of this? Is there anything more you need to tell me, or is that just kind of the gist of this? Well, it was not the first operation I was asked to do, Crater, and I have been asked to do another surgery recently and i i simply want out and I, I have someone that i have put at risk and snowshoe and i we we can never properly be together if i have these enemies more importantly it's uh, the mistakes of the past are one thing repeating them is another oui merci merci mon petit flocon de neige you are so good <laughs> you must understand i I did what I thought was best for you, Crater. I suppose that's pretty easy to say from where you're standing. I, you're not missing a piece. You think it was easy for me to say and do? Oh, my goodness. I cannot tell you how many nights I have laid up at night thinking about my friend. Mon cher, mon cher. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, on a weird level, I understand why you did it. I'm more angry that it's taking you two years to tell me. I know, you must forgive me. Well, I guess you don't have to forgive me, but... I have realized that I have been a coward, but no more. You said that you were hoping this could be our fight. What do you mean by that? I believe that I might know what brings you to town. Perhaps you are familiar with the name Skivinge. <laughs> yeah. 
I should hope so. Otherwise, this is entirely a waste. <laughs> yes, we oui, exactly. You know, he is he is preparing himself. Unless we take care of him, I will never be free. Crater, you will never have resolution. And I will just be trapped in this cycle of hurting people. Please. And just what specifically are we going to help you do? Well, we were actually hoping to help you <laughs> take down Skivinge. Hmm. Mon cher Snowshoe here, well, he, uh, he is most magnificent in his uh, academic studies of the networks. He has a couple of tricks up his sleeve. What kind of tricks? Well, essentially, mon cher has been studying the networks and entering the networks in a way that is, well, most unusual. He is able to hop between the two of them. He is able to find and perhaps even manipulate people or even yourselves without the knowledge of your true name. He is a defender of the networks. A network defender. N'est-ce pas, mon cher? Well, I, I wouldn't go so far as to... Um, <clears throat> yes. He's brilliant. Brilliant. I mean, I <laughs> personally, myself, hate going in there, but I would never do it with anyone except Snowshoe. Mon dieu. Oh, la 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 la. <laughs> <laughs> I think that at this point, you all probably noticed that there have been a few people that have walked by your particular row and just made sure that there's not a fight that has started and is ongoing. <laughs> no one seems to have bothered you yet, but you did make enough noise to at least be noticed in here. And you just notice that a couple of people are walking by and maybe, you know, giving you a glance. Everyone's, everyone's shushing us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can I turn around and be like, nothing to see here. Move along. <laughs> make an intimidation check. <laughs> Can I support her just by staring directly at their faces? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so roll with advantage. Excellent. That is uh, 18. Ooh. So you see like a particularly, I guess, like matronly type of person uh, walking towards you. And between the glares and glances given by both Jim Ternational and Snowshoe, <laughs> she immediately thinks better of it and uh, just does the finger to the lips thing to say a shush and then walks away knowing better. <laughs> Pushing her luck. Yeah. I glare and put my finger to my lips too to mimic that and then turn around. <laughs> she walks a little faster. Oh, Lena, I already have four shushes on my record. I cannot afford another one. Relax, it could be fine. Perhaps we can, uh, well, go to your hideout uh, to discuss further. Oh, yes. That does make sense. <sighs> Come with me, I will lead you. Oh, um, if you don't mind, I, I do need to obtain a library card so that I can check out a book. Celestine is very pleased with himself. <laughs> After being involved with this, maybe you should give it a day before <clears throat> pushing yourself. Oh, but I, I, I just, I really wanted a library card. I kind of had my heart set on it. Is that, I, I mean, I'm sure it won't be but a minute. No, uh, okay, go, go ahead. I, I'm, I'm just... <laughs> Looking back and forth to Crater and Riot, like, like, like looking for, like, uh, parents' approval. Yeah, yeah, like, can I, I can do this? Crater turns his head, looks at Celestine, his eyes still so fucking red from being in a rage. Um, I don't have to take it, but I really, is it, I, I can, Crater, I can, is it okay? I can take you. Oh, Just a bit of advice, okay. it's probably not the best if uh, either you or I take him, because uh. we just... You know. Right, you are the scary ones. <laughs> that is my point. Well, I mean, whoever would like to be my escort to the front desk, that that is fine by me. I'd just like to see this done. <laughs> I'll I'll take you to get a library card, little buddy. <laughs> Thank you so much. 
All right, let's go. Okay, brisk walk. <laughs> One quick check back over my shoulder to make sure Crater's okay. Make sure he's not <laughs> flipping out the moment we leave. I think Pacemaker's like, oh, well, um, so uh, I'll feel being aside from <laughs> the recent events. <laughs> oh, this, is, this is awkward, isn't it? Uh, yes, perhaps, perhaps we should go wait out front. <laughs> yeah, maybe let's let's wait in silence until the other two get back. So, no, so nobody does anything stupid. <laughs> Whoa. Mm. You suck at this. <laughs> no, should let's show him our secret handshake that's like two minutes long. <laughs> I think during that crater tries really hard not to be impressed by it, but it's, <laughs> it's so complex. Tough. Somehow it also involves uh, feet. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're like jumping in the air and foot fiving and then doing little like jigs. Can I can I roll another intimidation check to like really move this thing along? <laughs> yeah, so uh Celestine and Riot, you go to the front desk. The matronly woman is there again and she kind of gives you a glare, but with the previous check that uh Riot or rather Jim Ternational had given her, she quickly processes a library card for you. What name do you give for it? Celestine Wanderer. <laughs> 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 I mean, maybe I'll come back someday, and I'd like to, and I'd like to rent another book. I, I don't, you know, you know how he is. I, I, <laughs> it comes out. So Celestine Wanderoff's name goes on the record in the Grand Cog Midmoss Library. <laughs> the two of you walk back to the stacks where you had left Crater, Pacemaker, and Snowshoe, and you watch the tail end of an extremely impressive secret handshake. <laughs> I think you also, the two of you, give me a perception check. Well, disadvantage still, so not one. Oh, God. Uh, I only got 10. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Yeah, you look around maybe to see if Garbazine had mm. come oh, yeah. by with the sound, but you've not noticed him yet. Hmm. In any case, you arrive back to the group. Does the secret handshake end with them kissing? I feel like it ends with them kissing. Yes. Oh, oh absolutely. And then like a bullback <laughs> that goes on for like a million years, like... Mwah, 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 mwah. <laughs> At this point, I think it's been long enough that my rage is expired. Yes, I knew he would love this. Our secret handshake is so impressive. I will also say that Snowshoe, since... Celestine had the book tucked in his blouse when you first met him, but obviously had to take it out to check it out of the library. As he rounds the corner, you notice that he is holding the academic paper that you were previously studying about the personal information ports and the networks and their connection. Information and emotion. Oh, y y yes. Uh, I mean, we, we we noticed it and it was it was interesting and, and decided to take it for further study. Why? Do you know this book? I've only... Had to maybe uh, 13 times. Oh my, I mean, why didn't you say so? You can just tell us what's in it. I do love a story. We could make a campfire. I suppose we could build a fire on the barge. It's a boat. <laughs> I don't so know sorry. much about boats, but that does seem unadvisable. <laughs> you always say no to the boat fire. <laughs> because it's a boat. We understand. Plus, I don't get cold much. You are impressively immune to cold. I just, like, gently scratch one of my bare arms. It's probably a scar there. <laughs> it's impressive. My pacemaker's just like, <sighs> <laughs> Oh, this is so sweet. How are we supposed to be mad at these two? <laughs> yeah. uh, you're not. That's the whole idea. <laughs> <laughs> Snowshoe, you want to take us to your place then? Yeah, of course. Okay. 
Let's let's see if you can make it up to me somehow, pacemaker. Let's see what you got. I'll do my best, mon ami. Mon ami. Mon ami. Mon ami. It's a Uh-oh. accent. <laughs> All right. You take your leave of the library, Celestine with a brand new book in tow, and a new library card with his real name on it (laughs) as you exit the library you push open the doors and at the bottom of the steps of this grand library you see uh, a cloud android who's more of a collection of black wires that's holding him together uh, like an anatomical drawing bent over and puking oil celestine crater and riot you of course recognize this as garbazine and pacemaker and snowshoe you are seeing this figure for the first time but he is having a rough time puking at the bottom steps of the midmoss library oh god that's our friend he's always like that (gasps) mon dieu c'est un disasteroid yeah yeah he's uh he's all right though he's one of the good ones Are we sure about this? Can we do a medicine check? Yeah, absolutely. I I have a plus zero, so why not, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, why not? I believe in you. You know what? I will give you advantage because you've lived here for a while, and we'll see what what comes of that. Ooh, advantage. That would be a 13. Okay. Just like Pacemaker said, you notice that this individual is covered in the marking of the disasteroid, which looks like little tattoos of a lighthouse falling over that cover his entire being. You've been in this area long enough to know that uh, it's the marking of a disasteroid. They are frequently strung out, really chaotic and really destructive. And uh, it's not uncommon to see one of them maybe coming down from something, from some substances. And that's what this looks like for sure. Like it's the middle of the day. He's literally puking at the base of a library. And um, yeah, I think that's what you gather with that check. He's going Yeah, he's been going through withdrawal for some time now. Regardless of his prior associations, he is uh, fairly committed to helping us take down Scavenge, so on the same team and all that. Mon dieu, but he needs some medical attention, no? Please. Oh, mon cher, mon cher petit disasteroid, what is your name? Whoa, who the fuck are you? Uh, My name is Pacemaker, but please keep that on the down low for now. Wait, Pacemaker... I know that name. He goes to say something and then he vomits a little bit more. And when he does, he kind of like sticks an arm out to push you back, almost to shield you from it or maybe to keep you away. I put like a gentle hand on his back. Whoa, who the fuck are you? Jesus Christ. There's way too many new people. Garbzing. It's cool. Don't worry. Yeah, it's cool. Just keep a hold of all your parts. I am a doctor. If you come with me, perhaps I can give you something to give you some relief. What kind of doctor? Um... I am a doctor of medicine. Uh, I'm a doctor of love. And I look over at the snowshoe. <laughs> a, I just facepalm. <laughs> oh, he loves it. <laughs> and I am a doctor, uh, well, um, of, of betrayal. Oh, mon dieu. Well, yes, I, I cannot deny. I was going to say massage, but also betrayal. I'm hoping to, uh, I'm hoping to. Take that off my resume. There are two palms on Snowshoe. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to run out of palms again. <laughs> oh, your um, your creators. That that's who Crater was looking for. Oh fuck! I feel terrible. <sighs> okay, well, if you're a doctor, can you like? Do you have any pig? Pig? Yeah. Mon Dieu! No, no, no! That is dangerous. 
tellement dangereux, much more dangereux than rat. Non, what you need is a nice deep tissue massage, a good sleep, an hot meal, and to watch me and Snowshoes secret handshake. It will only take five minutes. <laughs> you don't have anything? You don't have rat? Do you have any rat? No. Well, no. I, I uh, personally don't carry rat. No jugement. No jugement. Uh, you know, obviously very familiar, but uh, I, uh, I do have various tinctures, uh, herbal remedy. Didn't, didn't I give you five rats yesterday, Carbazine? I took them all. I took them all. It was really oh bad. We can tell. Yeah, it's getting worse again. I... Okay, everybody turn around. I hate when everybody like looks at me like this. Oh, fuck. I'm going to... And he pukes again. Ugh. I'm, I'm going to walk up to him and like kneel in front of him. I really hate enabling this, but we kind of need you to get your shit together here, man. I know. Uh, I'm sorry. What check would I need to do to figure out how to... Like, is this a good idea, basically, is what I'm saying? Or should we just <laughs> let him purge to the point there's no more purging left? Um... Make a history check, actually, for me. Now that I have a plus four to. Ooh. You know, that's something that we, the characters, have never thought to do before. We just keep giving them drugs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, go with what you know, right? Uh, so that's a 12. I'm assuming I just want to give him more drugs. <laughs> Here's the thing, is that disasteroids are not known for seeing the other side of that situation. They are... In fact, quite well known for um, dying in the line of scavenge's battle, mm-hmm. mostly. So um, what I'm saying is that you're not really sure. I don't think maybe you've ever met someone who's seen the other side of Pig, which is the drug that he is on that is similar to Rat, but is much more uh, intense, So it seems. Yeah, destructive. With a 12, do I have any idea of how often ODs occur? Is that a thing that happens? Hmm. With rat mm-hmm. or with pig? Yes. <laughs> with rat, there's no overdoses. It's, rat is very similar to like weed. Like it's a it's like okay. it's pretty, yeah, yeah right. like it, it's very chill and very recreational and non-addictive. With pig, as far as ODing, I think with a 12, you probably, you're not even sure if pacemakers had to deal with it because disasteroids are just constantly on pig. Part of the reason is that it makes, it gives them some like combat abilities and it makes them a little bit more chaotic and a little bit harder to kill. Of course. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I do not think that's a good idea. I tell you, a deep tissue massage make you feel so much better. It's worth a shot. Garbazine, we we need to get out of this city square here. Come with us. Let's give this a shot. We keep giving you a rat and you keep ending up in the same situation. So let's let's listen to a doctor for once. Tell me, are you experiencing chills, heat? Yeah, uh, chills were a while ago. Heat was a while ago. Um, I He holds up his uh, arm and you can see that bits of his wires have just completely flaked off. Oh my. Yeah, this has been happening for the last 24 hours or so, I think. Um, yeah, I kind of feel like maybe I'm just going to flake away into nothing, which feels great, as you can imagine. I'm sure with enough time, you'll be fine. I... Uh, like I put his arm around my back and I just grab him around the waist. Oh, he reluctantly <laughs> accepts it. Garbazine is ready to get out of, you know, th- this is like the central area of the city. And so you are all very visible, mm-hmm. especially as a big group. And so he allows you to start leading him in a direction and um, you depart the center of the city and start to head towards the river. As you get closer to the river, I assume that you get to the barge by way of dinghy at the edge (laughs) of the river. (laughs) Um, If you have another idea in mind, that's awesome. But also, would you like to describe the barge as you approach it? I would, but I actually want to try something first. Yes, please. As a paladin, I have Mm. lay on hands. 
I can oh. touch a creature to restore <gasps> any number of HP or five HP to either cure a disease or neutralize a poison affecting the creature. Oh, oh. my God. How do we not anticipate anything like that? Oh, my God. This rules. Holy shit. I have never played wow. a paladin before. <laughs> I think he's going to do the thing. Oh, I love this. It's, it's really gentle. And honestly, I don't think someone not observing hard would notice it. I'm just going to, as I'm lifting him up, a bit of the energy within me, it's kind of like a yellow light, kind of escapes from my hands and into this poor, poor man. <laughs> as I'm, I'm desperately trying to find whatever the source of, whether it's a disease or a poison and trying to eliminate it. Mm. Does your lay on hands give you a little bit more insight into that or does it just act as a cure it just does it okay so as the yellow light starts to breathe some life into this person that you've just met what a kind gesture i think all of you notice that the toppling tower depictions all over garbazine start to they don't disappear but they certainly get less vibrant and they fade a little bit and they're still there but as that happens you watch as garbazine breathes heavily and his posture starts to relax a little bit and he freezes for a moment, probably because he hasn't felt this good in a long time. And he looks up at you, Snowshoe, and he's just like, what the fuck did you just do to me? I'm just helping you along by going to my home. Holy shit. I feel clear. I'm glad. Uh, thanks, I guess. Holy shit. Um, I, yeah, I don't know what to say. Thank you. Um, listen, you've been through quite a lot. Just, uh, take a deep breath and you'll be fine. Why would you do that for me? You don't even know me. I don't, but I see what you're going through, and I will not allow it. If I can help it, I will stop it. Okay. Look, small communities like the one I was born in, if you do not help the people around you, the entire community eventually suffers. This is your community. I, like, point at the crowd of three people who I barely know. <laughs> <laughs> it's been made clear to me that I do not want them to suffer, because my love does not want them to suffer, so I cannot let you suffer. I, um... <sighs> I don't remember the last time that I was clear. Um, I don't even know what to do with... Uh, and he just, like, holds up his hands and looks down at them. I, uh, I think I need to rest. I have a bed. You'll be fine. I think Celestine's been tearing up while he's been watching this exchange. Just turns to Pacemaker and is like, All right, I am not at all sure about you, but your partner there is a good... Good fella. Real good fella. <laughs> Pacemaker, like how Snowshoes doing the hand over the face. It was like one hand over the heart and then the second hand over the heart. Just like, oh. Kind of feels like this guy is 100% good. Dang. Well, I'm not sure we're going to fit in then. <laughs> I'm assuming you do this kind of out of the way of town and maybe closer to the river. Oh, yeah. Okay. So Garbazine kind of slumps against you a little bit more, this time not because he's necessarily weak from something that's rushing through his system, but rather it just looks like he is pretty tired after going through that. And just the sigh of relief that he just had and all of the energy that he was spending trying to fight it, and now that's gone and he is maybe feeling like a little empty and needing a recharge. In any case, you all stand at the edge of the river and um, yeah, I'll let you take it from here and you can describe where you're going. Well, uh, the barge is at the center of the river, um, a bit out of the way. So you have to take um, a small boat to get there. Yeah, a dinghy. Or uh, sometimes a rowboat. There's like a, a long canoe-like boat just waiting at the edge. And I kind of 
indicate everyone should get aboard and then realize, oh, there's a lot of people. I hope this will survive. <laughs> the crater is quite heavy. Perhaps he should go first on his own. Oh, I'm sure. It'll be fine. I hope. Crater steps on like the front of the boat and then like the tip of it like goes into the water for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll sit in the middle. Yeah. Probably a good idea, yes. Once everyone gets aboard, I'm solely alone, I guess, going to row us in the direction of the barge. <laughs> I like clap along the rowing rhythm for you. <laughs> My, I've got a plus five to athletics. I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm fine. Oh, yeah. Fine. Ian's so athletic. They take us to a very long, very wide boat. Not very long in terms of like it'd be long by today's standards, but it, it it's quite long. Uh, it's an oblong shape. It's got a very flat bottom, which you can which you might be able to see on the side. Uh, it's painted in a deep blue that's chipping away nonstop. There's practically no paint left on it, but you can tell it used to be a deep blue. <laughs> Some of the wood is still stained where paint should be <laughs> on top of the boat. There's kind of like a small single-story building-looking thing that covers about half of the boat's length, and on the side is decorated with archways. This paint is easier to fix up, so it's a little bit prettier. Uh, there are like little white archways um, covering oh. the normal regular wood. The roof of the barge is actually a slope that extends beyond the barge itself, so if rain or snow should fall on, it'll go to opposite sides of... Oh the ship rather than land on the boat itself uh on the side is a small ladder that's like built into the hull and that's where i pull up to and direct you to go up as i tie the small canoe to the side oh sweet oh please do not set a fire to my bouch i know i know i will not try it again i promised you when it's time to pick up uh garbazine i um motion to like one of the people at the top and I lift him above my head so someone can carry him up because I realize he's probably a bit too weak feeling to do it himself. The crater would reach down and grab him by the shirt and pull him up the rest of the way. <laughs> like a mama kitten. Yeah. Like mama cat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just like by the, by the yeah, yeah. back of the ah, neck. Just. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Garbazine seems pretty pooped. He absolutely allows all the help that is coming his way and leans into it pretty heavily so at a certain point the two of you are just kind of like carrying a dead weight garbazine into the boat and he's just like still awake but there's just not much of him left <laughs> for this day you seem strong crater yeah i uh was lucky to be born with us well, that's good i was not born with this <laughs> you seem like you can handle yourself though yes uh well i've been through a bit it teaches you some things uh i don't have many f- Friends, you know? I mean, welcome to the club. <laughs> Can I ask how you met this one, then? Gesturing towards Pacemaker. When I first arrived here, I was ill. Very, very ill. I collapsed in front of him, and, well, he nursed me back to health. Since then, I decided to pay him back by helping out whenever I could. We struck up a friendship, and um, then more than a friendship... And then a lot more. I suppose you get the idea at this point. Pacemaker's like fanning himself with like, he's like blushing so hard, but also just like so proud. Just like, we, c'est vrai, we fall in love. <laughs> what about you? How did you two meet? God, it was so long ago, I don't even really remember point like uh, it was on some job or another yeah after a couple of decades working side by side it kind of just blends together doesn't it Aye, so many good times so many good times ruined by one action tends to be the way mm-hmm. okay once we get like into the this small house on the boat there's 
a row of beds, which sometimes we like I get let pacemaker use for various patients that are just a bit too ill, and I just let Garbazine lie down on one of them. Is the cot just like covered in blood stains and like, <laughs> mucus and stuff like that? Is like a I run a clean operation here, Monsieur Traitor. You know this. <laughs> yeah, don't don't be silly. It's very clean, but all the all the sheets are red in color. <laughs> <laughs> Unassociated with blood. <laughs> Makes a beautiful tie. <laughs> <laughs> we go and get the Cran Simmons, we dial the sheets red. I thought you would yeah. like. <laughs> hey, my sister was born at home and it was onto a red couch, so it was cool. <laughs> Sometimes you have to go, you know, smell to put things. Yeah. Uh, all right. Okay, we've we've followed you two here. You said you wanted to help us. How 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 are you planning to do that exactly? There are a couple of ways. If you'd like, I could just fight alongside you. I motion to like the corner of the boat where a gigantic halberd is just sitting there. <laughs> in- oh my! <laughs> um, or I could <clears throat> take you to the networks. I'm sorry. What does that mean, and what does that entail? It means look. Normally, when you go inside the networks, you know how this works, right? You uh, do it unconsciously. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So. That means there's a place inside your brain that can take you there. It's always available to you. All I do is uh, do so consciously. I connect to the network purposefully instead of by accident. And crossing between one to the other is a bit more difficult, but it's possible. Not without cost, though. What's the cost? You would know that the cost is a, like, damage, Mm -hmm. as well as... As you go into the opposite network, you give a piece of yourself. And it's not necessarily like a piece of you is being taken away, but more that you manifest a version of yourself into the opposite network. And if you're new at it, it you don't always have control over what version. And what exactly would we be doing in the networks that will help us? What do you think people do in the networks? How do you think they can be used? Well, frankly, it's a bit confusing to me. We've had some strange experiences with the networks. Some unusual stuff go on. So I, I, I really don't know. I don't, I, I don't know what is possible. Could we use that to somehow track down Scavenge? <sighs> yes, especially if you happen to have his true name. They can be used there to hurt someone, which is the most common usage. In fact, I think the only one that people who are not like me know. But you can also use it to heal yourself or heal someone else. We were thinking that we would leave the choice up to you. Heal yourself, heal someone else, or hurt someone. I mean, do we know Scavenge's true name? It seems unlikely. I look at Riot. I, uh, I wish, because there's nothing I'd rather do than hurt that guy. There's nothing we can do without knowing his true name? There are ways. There are things you can do. And there are truths you can learn through... um, You can learn something through the dream network. And you can leave something in the digital network. So, uh, we could go looking for it if you wanted. Or we could go on without it. When people are in the networks, they are more vulnerable to being affected. That's why it's so easy to heal someone, hurt someone. We just need to find the right time. As for the physical costs to switching networks, uh, it's, um... Have any of you had scurvy before? Actually, yeah, I have. (laughs) (laughs) It's like an accelerated form of scurvy. So uh, old scars begin to bleed. It's not pleasant. Uh, I motion to the 
red sheets around us. <laughs> <laughs> Celestine's been sitting down on one of these beds. He stands up. <laughs> we cleaned them. For goodness sake. Yeah, he's joking. <laughs> Are you joking? I point to the scars around my body, and you'll notice they look very, very new. And I think Pacemaker may just finally realize they always look that new. Oh, lo, 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 lo. Oh, you hide this from me? Oh, I haven't hid it. It's just, uh, it happens. I don't exactly do it every day. I know, but I, I don't have to like it. Someone needs to cross if we are to transfer information back and forth. I'm one of the very few people who know how to do so. I would do an awful lot to get at Scavenge. I can tell. And I mean, any advantage we can get before we face him would be welcome. Very welcome. I think at this point, Celestine kind of like looks at Riot and Crater and just with this, like, I'm going to say some stuff, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to open up here. (laughs) All right. Look, I mean, it seems like whatever your allegiance is, it's not to scavenge. So we're going to tell you some things now, because I think I haven't met anybody that might understand what we've been through the way that you might. We've been having some experiences in the network. When we enter the network in our sleep, Mm -hmm. there are voices, beings perhaps. We think they may be the Arcana, and they make us choose a path. They make us choose between them. And then outside of the networks, well, I mean, this is why I found this book so interesting. Outside of the networks, our pips have been doing some strange things. We hear voices messages cobbled together that seem like they're said by people that we know but they they couldn't be pip messages that arrive to us when we're outside of the range of a city and they seem to suggest that there might be i don't know life within the networks beings that that exist in these spaces that the arcana cannot see of course there is what (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, I'm going to need some explanation to that. You just, yeah. that didn't phase you one bit. <laughs> <laughs> there is a collective consciousness within the network. It's like your pips. Look, both of them have suffered. There is corruption within them that causes um, a dark sort of consciousness to arise. And also, people are within it all the time. You walk it yourself. You, through the networks, are connected to anyone within your network. And possibly they connect to each other in ways I don't understand. I'm not sure about that one, but I believe it might be true. The point is, it, yes, yes, there is consciousness within the network. And yes, it is in a way that most cannot access. As for why it appears in your pips, I have, I have no idea. But uh, if you show me one, then perhaps I can figure it out. Do these messages get saved on our pips once they're done? or Or is it just like... It happens and then it's gone. I think that they would probably self-destruct in a way afterwards and be inaccessible or corrupted. That's fair enough. That's kind of what I expect. Yep. Yeah. Are there others like yourself who walk the networks with a type of uh, lucidity? And these? Oh, yes. Um, all kinds. There used to be four. And now there are three. Um, there's the coasters. They sit atop of the network, skimming them for information and passing them on to others. Coasters aren't often noticed by negative parts of the network, so they can skim without consequence. Delvers hyper-focus on anomalies, who's abusing the network, uh, focuses of corruption. They find them, locate them. A paver walks between the networks, delivering information back and forth. That's what I am. 
often the front line for rooting out corruption found by the coasters and delvers, but uh, anyone can take up that job. The last were the rooters themselves, but um, the, my friend who used to lead them is, is gone, so often picked up by anyone or any one of us. Coasters, delvers, all of us root corruption in their place. How did you get involved in this? I helped found them. Myself and three other friends, we met through the networks one night. It's hard to describe exactly what happened, but we, we saw what was happening and we decided to fight back. Over time, we learned how to speak together on a consistent level, and over time, we learned how to dead drop information back and forth. And from there, just expanded. Now there are more than four, but uh, out of the four original members, one is gone. Mm. I'm sorry. How? Think of it this way. If something like the networks exist, something must keep them from getting misused. That is a, a, a hole we saw that needed to be filled. And so we stepped up to the challenge. So you're like a vigilante squad. Kind of. <laughs> it's a difficult process. One that can only be done with um, extreme caution. Look, you may be conscious, but the network isn't built for consciousness. So it finds you in ways that are hard to describe. This is why co-stars exist. They skim because they appear to be a sleeper. The more you push, the more you do not seem like a sleeper anymore. And the networks weren't built for that. It's one of the reasons why if you do not walk the same path as the people you walked into with, well, you may be lost forever. It's a dangerous process. All right, uh, Mr. Snowshoe, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed anything different in the networks since the spinning of the wheel and that big boom that night a few weeks ago? Yes. It's become more hostile to be quite frank. Corruption manifests as monsters that will attempt to harm you if you venture in. Usually, they are benign to sleep else. The more you do not sleep, the more they notice you. Right? They've gotten worse. Much, much worse. Two years ago, the corruption expanded. After the big boom, it, it was exponential. Two years ago, the corruption expanded. Yes. The same time my friend was lost. The same time your friend was lost, and around the same time it sounds like that Crater lost a piece of himself, and that might have been right around the same time that I lost some of my memories. Ms. Riot, anything happened to you two years ago? Uh, I mean, there were some party moments I'm not proud of, but... (laughs) 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 Nothing. I find uh... it hard to believe you were ever not proud of a party that you were at. (laughs) fucked up. But... (laughs) You might have heard rumors about... Anyway, nothing of substance... That I can remember, I I don't know. But there are too many things happening to be called a coincidence for sure. Mm-hmm. Now, Snowshoe, mm. when you are in the networks, have you had any contact with anything that, that seems or feels like it might be the Arcana? No. All right. Well, I guess it's just us then. It could be a manifestation of your consciousness, perhaps. Huh. This corruption that you talked about, if they attack you, if you die... In the network, if your consciousness, your manifested self dies, that's it. For in the real world, in the, in the network, everything. Do you want me to give you the wrong answer? No. So I have not met my friends in person, but I have not been able to manifest Stella's thread, nor have I been able to track her on the overworld. She's just gone. If someone loses their consciousness, there is nothing left. So that's a risk we're taking. That's a risk I'm willing to make. 
Well, I'm just thinking if, like, I don't know, if we're able to go in there and find Scavenge, then, I don't know, we're not dealing with all of his cronies at the same time, too. Mm-hmm. The first thing we would need to do is find his thread. Mm-hmm. Look, we, we, we cannot follow voices once we go in there. Each path can be found only by manifesting a thread, a golden thread. We need to find Scavenge's and then follow it from there. How do we discern the gold threads? Is there a, a method that you use? We manifest it. It doesn't always work, but with enough effort, it should be. Okay. I look at Crater and Celestine with kind of a hardened gaze and like an almost indecipherable (laughs) nod just to see what they're feeling. I feel like this is a good idea. We do have to keep in mind, we do need eventually to find physically where Scavenge is Mm -hmm. to get Effigy's foot back, right? Actually, I'm going to turn to Pacemaker. Say Pacemaker. Oui, oui. You're in the uh, the medical, sketchy, modding world. Uh, we heard that Scavenge got a, a mod recently, and there's not any chance that you would have known who did uh, it or what that was, do you? Scavenge has been modding himself in uh, well, very unusual ways, I will say. Normally, it is, uh, you know, replace a part, um put in something useful, treat something that is failing, perhaps a new art. Scavenge recently has been more interested in modding his mind. His mind? His mind. Oh, fuck. Is that going to make what we want to do in the networks more difficult? Yes and no. I mean, no matter what, they end up in a network. But have you read about the composite couple? I mean, everyone's read about the composite couple, but... <laughs> 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 Can I get an inside check? Yes. <laughs> and the DC is low. <laughs> That's a seven. <laughs> I mean, everybody's read about the composite couple. <laughs> oh, well, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's, 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 it's been a minute. For, for young Celestine here, why don't you maybe give him a break? Celestine just shoots Crater a look like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> they work together. Right? In a similar way to uh, someone like me. But they are both modded in certain... Basically, I'm concerned that maybe he's transferred his consciousness from one network to another. Hmm. Uh, Celestine looks at Riot. Yeah. Um, well, Ms. Riot here is, is a human, has some mods, of course. But Ms. Riot, I, if I remember correctly, you've been accessing the digital network while you sleep. Is that not right? I have. I don't know what to make of it, but... It's normal. I do not know how a mind mod would affect things, but uh, it's all about self-identification. Mm-hmm. I, I think even a true human or a true android could find themselves in the opposite network if they clearly believed they were one or the other. But, but because we create um, lines between ourselves, our access becomes limited. Makes sense to me. Well, I say we do this. If you're willing, that is. It's no shoe. I look at Pacemaker. Pacemaker is like, if you are willing to do this for my friends, my love, I will be grateful to you for the end of time. I do not want you to be grateful. I want you to be... I will be better. This will... This will help me redeem myself. Auntie, I don't care about your... I care about you. And I care about you, mon cher, but as long as I have these enemies, we will never be safe. We will never be able to have a normal life. And I will never... I will never be able to make up what I've done to I my don't best need friend, a normal life. I need you to understand something that you are... You've carried this weight around with you for as long as I've known you. Oui. If I'm to do this, I need you to, to start seeing in you what I see. I promise it 
I will make every effort to begin to love myself again. Yeah, well, you better just learn to love yourself enough for both you and I, because I don't think I'm going to cross that bridge anytime soon. <laughs> Nasty boy. <laughs> hurt my friend. Yeah. It's kind of weird that you're playing victim at this moment, but, you know, <laughs> you do you, pacemaker. <laughs> okay. Well, everyone pick a bed. Is, is Garbazine... Like fully asleep at this point. When his head hit the pillow, he was out. Gotcha. Yeah, I think pacemaker too. Just like, you know, starts going over to his like store of various tinctures and like oils and stuff like that, and just kind of starts like pouring stuff on Garbazine as he sleeps and like massaging the wires a little bit. <laughs> and he's like, "I will take care of your friend. Someone needs to be here for him." Folks, I will say I'm a little, I'm a little nervous about this. I am not at my best today, and. Uh, and I'm I'm concerned that I might be a liability in there. Not at your best, explain. Oh, I, I, I had a, a a a difficult experience last night in the networks, and it left me uh, well, pretty rattled. Um, there was also an incident with some moonshine earlier that I have not quite <laughs> recovered from. Just <laughs> not. Sure. Please correct me if I'm misunderstanding this, but. When we go into the network here, we're all going to be together, correct? Or are we going by ourselves? You're half right and half wrong. The first place you will go is the network which you find yourselves consistently. So for you, right, that would be the digital network. For me, it would be the dream network. I should probably know which uh, which you two will end up in. Uh, I mean, the, the digital network is where I've been before. Yeah, same here. This is complicated. We'll have to start there. And we'll see if we can manifest Scavenge. You three will be together. I will go to the Dream Network and have to cross over. How do we find you? You don't. I'll find you. Okay. Fuck yeah. Hey, uh, Riot, do you look like Riot again? Yeah, I was going to bring that up a little while ago, but I didn't want to interrupt anything. But yes, Riot, your disguise self has faded in the last five minutes. No, I'm just me. <laughs> was the process, I guess, like, just my inquiry about this spell, is the process like a slow... <laughs> Gradual thing. Like, like an animal. Yeah. <laughs> like over the course of five yeah. minutes, it's just like incremental. Yeah, I, I, I like the idea that like features features go away one at a time, and so for a while we just get Riot looking like Riot with a big thick mustache. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, big yeah. yeah. Okay, can I put the? I'll, I'll put the hat back on Celestine for for comfort's sake. Oh, oh, thank you. Oh, oh my goodness, I didn't realize how much I missed it. <laughs> You're looking a little pink. <laughs> Uh, and passing a mirror, I see that I still have the like the little tattoo underneath my eye. I'm like, damn, I gotta gotta get that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's Jay. Remember that last ad I recorded, and I match made a campaign between you and your future D and D friends. How's that going? Have you had many an epic battle against dragons, liches, beholders, giants, or are you an adult with a busy schedule and you barely find time in a week to fit in some escapism? If it's the latter, I am so deeply honored that you're spending your time with us at Planet Arcana. We are so grateful for the people that support us, and I want to tell you about a new way we're trying to say thank you. On our Patreon, www.patreon.com planetarcana, we have a mail club now where you get all the benefits of our other tiers, including a whole extra show, early access, random musings, and once a month, a cast member will hand write you a letter. We've capped it at 25 people and the spots are actually filling up really quick. So if you want to hear from us or more likely our characters, sign up for the temperance tier on our Patreon now. 
You can find all the info at www.planetarcana.com. Follow us on socials at Planet Arcana Pod on all the things. And as always, just telling a friend about us is one of the best ways to support. Thank you so much. I wish you so many blessings in finding some time in your busy week to get together with some friends and carve out an amazing D&D campaign. Or at the very least, finding an hour and a half every two weeks just to listen to one. Thank you so much. Back to the show. So you all hop into a bed to prepare to enter the networks. Is there a way, snowshoe, that you, is there a method that you use to help people in the same room as you try to do this with you? If there is, feel free to describe it. But if there's not, I also have a pitch for you. I mean, I'd love to. Don't You can't just offer a pitch. <laughs> My pitch to you is that there is a frequency that you tune in onto on your pip that literally drones a particular frequency that is sort of like a white or a pink noise that brings you into a meditative state Mm -hmm. and allows you to access the networks that's definitely a part of it he takes it out puts it in the middle of the room turns it on and he actually he motions to a pacemaker to put in earplugs so it doesn't affect him (laughs) there's a bit more to it because of the inherent danger in crossing to the network as a conscious person. So I think those who are inexperienced may need to be strapped to the bed. Ooh. <laughs> I love the flavor. But there, And there's a little bit more that's just meditative, you know? There's mm-hmm. like a cool compress on everyone's heads or behind their neck, depending upon which one they're more comfortable with. I lead them through some breathing exercises. It should be noted that Snowshoe doesn't actually get into a bed himself. Mm-hmm. He's very experienced. So instead, he just um, lays out uh, a red rug on the floor in front of the pip and kneels on it as he prepares to descend. Amazing. As you hear my voice, just focus only on it. And he speaks in a deeper, deeper voice until eventually his voice and the droning become one and everyone slips into the next space. Pacemaker, don't don't fuck with me while I'm sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little mustache. (laughs) (laughs) What is that? You want to get uh, tattoos of flowers on your head? (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't mind. (laughs) Can it say ma on the inside of it? (laughs) I'm taking my god. Well, the first thing that happens here is riot. I'd like you to roll a d4. Mm-hmm. I got a four. Oh, you fucking would. <laughs> <laughs> that's digital again, right? Yeah, it's <laughs> fucking beautiful. Oh, that's what that d4 is for. So, oh. yeah, we have made riot roll every time to see which network she accesses, and you have gone digital every single wow. time. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Thematic. You plunge with Snowshoe's guidance into the networks. Um, Riot, as as you make that sort of first transition point, under this guidance, and as you've done it a few times now, and with the information that you now have, you kind of notice something on your way into the digital network. It's it's like a chunk of time, or no, it's a, a place, or maybe it's both or the space between the two. But in any case, as you find yourself noticing, you're sure that you recognize it. This is where you come to make the jump and you realize you could probably do it again on your own if you tried. It's just a momentary sensation and you are all blipped into the digital network. 
where before your experience in this network has been cerebral and emotional, so it hasn't had any real tactile or visual element. This time, with Snowshoes Guidance, your entry takes on a new dimension. The space you occupy lacks an up or down. Bright neon fractals surround you on all sides, and they move in a swirling, chaotic calamity of organized and purposeful shapes. And as before, you kind of get a sense that there's a piece missing. The expanse should be grander, but a part has been permanently lost. And you have entered basically the first tier of the networks. So what snowshoe you see in the dream network when you first arrive, it's also composed of fractals. It's sort of, it's not surprising to you seen this a million times. They're they're less angular and more like organic and rounded, but shifting endlessly just the same in a soft array of pastels and rich gem-colored light. Welcome to memories, I guess. <laughs> and that's exactly it. It's like vast possibilities swimming in all of the lives lived across time, across the whole planet. I take a deep, deep breath, feeling the better parts of my memories. I can't drown in it, because if I do, I could fall really asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and then I begin the process to cross to the digital network. All right, hit me with a wisdom saving throw. <clears throat> yes, I will. <laughs> As an action first, I can choose up to two creatures I can see within 30 feet of me, and I believe I can I count for that. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Why not? So I have advantage on this. Nice. <laughs> one is a 19 and the other one's a 24. Oh, oh my God. God. Wow. Yeah, you absolutely crush that. On the other side, in the digital network, where Celestine, Crater, and Riot have just manifested, something happens to both Riot and Snowshoe. As soon as they arrive, it's like a lens flare. It's almost like the lens flare travels in front of the two of them and passes, and it eclipses your sight for one second. And then as it clears, there are these spectral forms of each snowshoe and riot. They're sort of wispy and as if they're made of vapor. These are your doppels or your doppelgangers. Snowshoe has been in here a lot of times. You have a certain measure of understanding of your doppel, but typically the first time someone jumps into a network, the doppelganger that manifests is the part of them that they struggle with the most. Mm -hmm. Snowshoe, what does yours look like and do? Snowshoes is actually several years younger than him. Aww. There's frost covering every inch of him. He... Seems to have the same resistance to cold that he used to, but he's dressed more appropriately for it. There's blood on his face. Uh, there is weight to how he walks. Uh, and there's a large pack of things that are desperately needing to get to his home that is on his pack. It's his most difficult memory of several days traveling through snow and ice, desperate to try and save his home. He once did this with a couple other folks, but this aspect of him is alone. And because he spent so long in the networks, this is not a surprise to him. In fact, it's the way he's forced it to manifest because, well, at least it won't harm anyone. <laughs> I love it. Being as it is on a journey, does your doppelganger kind of like set off? Yeah, it does. With like a heavy groan, it resets its feet into its snowshoes and walks forward. It's beautiful. Riot. The first thing you notice about yours is that from the sort of spectral vapory form of it, you can tell she's unmodded and she looks uncomfortable. Tell us about this version of Riot. 
This is myself at 13 before I left home, the moment before I left home. And my hair is braided just so. I'm in practical but very feminine clothes. My posture is stilted and submissive and uncertain, but yearning for something. So as she manifests in this sort of awkward yearning version of yourself, there seems to also be this level of horror at where she finds herself. And you can presume that every time that you've been here in your like visionless state where you can't actually take in the networks, so has young Riot. And her actions next are probably the same as her actions in previous visits where she steps a few feet away from you in horror and then just bolts, vanishes into the first tier. Oh God. And looking around you at this tier, the surrounding neon fractals begin to coalesce and organize into discrete shapes, and they zip by in linear patterns of uniform forward motion. And as they pass, they carry with them a momentary sensation of fleeting thought, like you remembered something suddenly but cannot conjure the words to describe it once it leaves your reach. This is, Snowshoe, you would know, the information tier which leads to the calculation tier wherein you may actually find the start of the golden thread. In the information tier, it's sort of like the the nascence of an idea, the first thought that will lead you to the calculation that will lead you to manifest the answer. What I'm going to have you do here is I'm going to let you all ask a question in the information tier Snowshoe, you would know that this is sort of like, that is the action that it takes to move into the next tier. In the information tier, you must be here to seek information and you must ask a question. Is there a reason why Celestine and Crater haven't seen doppelgangers of themselves? There is. uh, I think Snowshoe would know this, that the home tier of doppelgangers is the third. So... In normal circumstance, if you're entering your own home network, that's where your doppelganger would be. I see. When you're jumping between, it sort of gets dragged with you from your home tier. Okay. Good question. If you are interested in finding that, you will have to go to Discovery. I'm not sure I want to see that, to be honest. I was thinking exactly the same thing. (laughs) Look, you saw one of my worst memories. It's about making peace with it. That's what Discovery is, or, or manifestation, if you live where I live. It's about not just finding out more about yourself, but finding out what you've been keeping from yourself, making peace with it. And then one day it, it, um, it becomes the same thing, a, a bad memory, a lost bit of yourself, but it's a part you make peace with. It no longer interacts with the world in the same way. There's nothing to fear here. Well, there's a lot to fear, but not yourself. <laughs> uh, well, actually. Let me just correct myself. There's a lot of scary things here. That's my style, baby. All right. So I think Snowshoe, as you're sort of trying to comfort them and get them to a state of mind where, you know, they'll be calm enough to make the transition, perhaps you demonstrate by by asking the first question Ooh, any question any question (sighs) let's make this easy 
This is probably too powerful. What is Kavinja's true name? <laughs> okay. Shot. Yeah. Check it out. Okay. So Check it out. <laughs> you ask, what is Scavenge's true name? There's this piece of information that just zooms right through you. And though you had it for one second, it is maybe the only type of information that may escape you in the information tier. So the question was valid and you know it for an instant. And then it's gone. However, asking the question does trigger something here that has been left for you, Snowshoe. Mm -hmm. So after that sort of piece line of information and data regarding Skivinja's true name passes through you, this orb approaches you from behind. It's like a gradient coming in from the from the middle. It's like a, a dark blue and it comes floating towards you and you recognize that this is a message that has been left for you by one of your fellow network defenders. As it comes upon you, it sort of like surrounds you and only you hear a message from Nightfall and they say, that I had a lead on Stellar. Had to leave a... After my doppel got absorbed by a glitch, though. What have you found regarding the composite couple? I, uh, think I found the source of their funding. It's Riscotech. And then the bubble disperses into, like, a million little pieces of, like, data. I wish we knew that. (laughs) (laughs) Knew what? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to leave a message for Nightfall. Noise. I'm going to cover basically what I know about the combined couple i'm going to tell him that whatever he his lead on stellar is things are getting worse be extremely careful leave breadcrumbs on the way don't go all the way at once sweet you want to hit me with what that looks like uh, like the leaving the message yeah there are pieces of information scattered around the, the stages as you've mentioned before so i grab a fractal piece and it's almost like uh, i'm shearing it in two Ooh. i put my thumbs on one of the edges of what looks like a pane of glass and shear it into two equal panes of glass that are the same size as they were before. One of them is like the same information that's that was already on it. I toss that back up. The other one has a copy and I erase that and replace oh. it with this new message. Ooh. God, that is delicious. Sweet. Once I'm done, I um, place it in the ground. As usual, I leave a code phrase and it's always one of us asking for someone else's true name. And I just shove it in the ground with my foot. Oh, <laughs> that rules. Cool. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. That was a call from a friend. So, what do we think? Ooh la la. Ooh la la. <laughs> so, as Snowshoe has sort of gone through this action, you can see that, like, he's sort of uh, becoming one in pattern. It's almost like the fractals start to overlay. And though he has control of not, like, jumping to the next tier right away, he's, like, primed. So let's pass it to Riot for the next question. So let me get this straight. Mm-hmm. We're asking a question to come to terms with like a deep, dark part of ourselves. That's what's no. effective? You can ask anything. Huh. You could ask what color is the sky. Huh. But seems like a waste of a question. <laughs> exactly. It's a waste. If you want to find out more about yourself, then yes, ask. If you want to find more about someone else, ask. But with the exception of one kind of information... Once it enters you, it will not leave. So be prepared for that. Okay. I'm going to ask, is Lux in cahoots with Scavenge? The answer that fills you as you begin to fill with those fractal patterns that swirl all around you is a very simple one word. Yes. Oh, damn. (laughs) 
Shit. <laughs> I'm assuming that is not the answer you want. Alright, let's uh it's a hot oh. potato and we're passing it to Crater. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I think Crater needs to do this just to be able to trust where he is at this moment. Um hey, Snowshoe, you wanna plug your ears for a moment here? <laughs> I cannot have your answer I just heal the question oh I see and I plug my ears knowing that it's probably not going to work <laughs> <laughs> is pacemaker going to screw me over again and as the fractals begin to envelop you crater you feel your answer come upon you and the answer is he would sooner die than hurt you again <laughs> I dramatically say are you done <laughs> I, I would give a very subtle nod yes <laughs> and this hot potatoes landing on celestine i think celestine just sort of like takes a moment and looks around him and imagines that he's looking at the stars that he knows um mm-hmm. and uh and says why why have we been chosen And with the last of you asking the question and the fractals beginning to envelop you and you uniformly all start to transition to the next tier, the calculation tier, Celestine, you get your answer and it makes, it makes perfect sense. And yet it does not when you hear because you are the fools. Well, I mean, I routinely feel like one. That's of no help to me now. Y'all have successfully sought information in the information tier, received your answer, and by the nature of the network, this has shunted you into tier two, the calculation tier. And while the previous tier zigzagging neon fractals were sort of linear going forward in a, a similar motion, these actually seem to form like makeshift paths for you to follow, going in as many directions as you can possibly fathom. Here in the calculation tier, the patterns that were linear become less obvious as the bright neon shatters and regroups into more complex shapes, though you have an inkling that these shapes are the previous tiers fleeting thoughts forming into complex ideas, the array of light and data surrounding you is dizzying, disorienting. All of you grasp to gain a sense of direction, or even purpose, in this tier, the calculation tier. Hey, it's Jay, one of the DMs. I just wanted to take a moment to shout out our incredible guest, the sensational Nordnali Kadir, aka Snowshoe in the Planet Arcana world, aka at Feels on Twitter and Twitch. Please go check him out online to see all the fabulous tabletop RPG stuff he's working on, including writing, consulting, guesting, so many things. I would especially recommend his other current running show, The Atomless, which is an amazing Starfinder actual play that he is featured in. Thank you, Nordin Ali. If you fell in love with him here like we did, he'll be back for episode 20 and our Patreon-exclusive recharge. Thanks for listening.